98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, Chief Executive Carrie Lam has called on the public to take part in a three-day voluntary rapid COVID testing drive starting on Friday. Mrs. Lam also said none of her officials have resigned yet, amid widespread reports that Chief Secretary John Lee could leave office soon to prepare for a CE bid. And Shanghai authorities have launched another round of citywide COVID testing as new infections hit a record high. The government says it expects to complete the delivery of its supply packs that include 20 self-testing kits and face masks to all households in Hong Kong by the end of today. Speaking during her daily COVID press conference, Chief Executive Carrie Lam called on the public to participate in a three-day voluntary rapid testing drive starting on Friday. The CE said it's a good practice for people to get used to using rapid antigen tests, as some venues may require rapid test results when the authorities start easing social distancing restrictions. Mrs. Lamb pointed out that the government has enough capacity to follow up on the self-testing exercise, from the handling of positive result declarations to having enough isolation facilities and support packs for new patients. Over the last two months or so, with the support of the central people's government, the Hong Kong SL government has significantly enhanced the capacity almost at every stage of our anti-epidemic work. And of course, the cases have come down quite significantly. So with a combined uh, situation of uh, lesser cases and more capacity, we are very confident that even if this uh, three-day daily RAT were to uh, give rise to a large number of uh, positive cases, we will be able to handle it. The outgoing chief executive also said none of her officials have tendered their resignations, as she was again asked about updates to next month's leadership race during the press conference. There have been widespread reports that Chief Secretary John Lee could resign soon to prepare for a CE bid. About the uh, six-term chief executive elections, I said as a general rule I will not comment on the elections, but I can only confirm that up to this moment in this auditorium, or before I came into this auditorium, I have not received any resignation letter from any of my principal officials. Professor John Burns from the University of Hong Kong says Chief Executive Carrie Lam's decision not to seek a second term was expected. Carrie Lam has had a very hard time, a very difficult five years. She started off with great promise, but by 2019, we had the chaos in Hong Kong, which the government is partially responsible for and has has yet to accepted responsibility for that. I think the central government was not happy with that. And then we have the management of COVID. Six people have been arrested by National Security Police. The suspects were arrested on suspicion of conducting acts with seditious intention and contravening the crimes ordinance. Vicki Wong reports. The police said in a statement that the six people, four men and two women aged between 32 and 67, are suspected of having purposely caused nuisance while attending hearings at various courts between December last year to January. It said these acts severely affected jurisdictional dignity and court operations. A former member of the Confederation of Trade Unions posted on social media that police knocked on the door of the union's former vice president, Leo Tang, early in the morning and accused him of inciting others to disrupt court order in West Kowloon Magistrates Court on January the 4th. 
A spokesman for the restaurant trade says he's concerned it won't benefit from the latest round of consumption vouchers, which will be released tomorrow, as social distancing curbs on eateries are still in place. Last year, eateries took a third of the share of the vouchers, said the president of the Hong Kong Federation of Restaurants and Related Trade, Simon Wong. But this year, with restaurants only allowed to seat two people per table and with dine-in not allowed after 6 p.m., Mr. Wong expected that figure to fall. And this time, I uh, assume that because of the social distancing measures, we can only uh, get about um, 15 percent. Um, of uh, of the share, and uh, we ha- we still have to wait until uh, the second round um, of this uh, lifting of the social distancing measures. Shanghai authorities have said another round of citywide COVID testing will be conducted from today to curb the spread of Omicron, and the city's 26 million people will remain under lockdown. Residents will have to undergo PCR or rapid tests, depending on their previous test results. This came as the city's daily COVID tally again reached a new high, with officials reporting over 300 symptomatic cases and some 16,000 asymptomatic ones. Nationwide, the mainland has logged around 1,300 new symptomatic infections and 19,000 local asymptomatic cases. Overseas now, Australia, Britain, and the United States have agreed to work together to research hypersonic weapons and ways to counter them. Hypersonic missiles, which travel at several times the speed of sound, were reportedly used for the first time in combat by Russia in Ukraine last month. The three countries also announced they'll be collaborating on electronic warfare capabilities as part of their new AUKUS alliance. The United States is set to impose additional sanctions on Russia today in response to Ukraine's allegations that Russian troops committed war crimes in the town of Bucha. The White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the U.S. would ban new investment in Russia and sanction additional people. You can expect that they will target Russian government officials, their family members, Russian-owned financial institutions, also state-owned enterprises. It's a part of the continuation of our efforts to put consequences in place, hold Russian officials accountable. Meanwhile, EU ambassadors will consider plans for a fifth package of sanctions that include banning imports of Russian coal and preventing most Russian-owned or operated ships from using EU ports. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen also announced additional sanctions on Russia's banking sector. A full transaction bank on four key Russian banks, among them VTB, the second largest Russian bank. These four banks, which we now totally cut off from the markets, represent 23% of market share in the Russian banking sector. This will further weaken Russia's financial system. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine has taken a swipe at the UN Security Council, saying it is currently unable to carry out the functions for which it was created. In his nightly online address on Tuesday, he said it was dysfunctional because Russia was a permanent Security Council member and so able to veto anything it chose. Mr. Zelensky had earlier addressed the Security Council via video link, outlining what he called a series of Russian atrocities. If you don't know how to make this decision, then you can do two things. Either remove Russia as an aggressor and a source of war from blocking decisions about its own aggression, its own war, and then do everything possible to establish peace, show how you can reformat and really work for peace, or if your current format has no alternative and there is simply no way out, then just dissolve yourselves altogether. 
The U.S. has vowed to continue to isolate Russia and hold it accountable for atrocities in Ukraine. The U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Linda Thomas-Greenfield, confirmed that Washington would press to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council this week. Mrs. Thomas-Greenfield said she understood Mr. Zelensky's frustration with the U.N. He is under attack by the Russians. No one can question his frustration with the council and how the council operates. The Russians do have veto power. But I have said over and over again, they cannot veto our voices. They can't veto his voice. They couldn't veto having him sit in the Security Council and hold the Russians accountable for what they are doing. The Sri Lankan president has revoked the emergency rule he introduced just days ago. The measures follow widespread protests over a deepening economic crisis. The BBC's Charles Haviland reports. The now-cancelled emergency gave the military sweeping powers of arrest in the face of spreading unrest. Plunging foreign currency reserves are creating severe shortages of food and fuel in Sri Lanka. Some medicines are getting scarce. A hardline nationalist of the island's Sinhalese majority, President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, when Defence Secretary, won widespread ethnically-based support for crushing the former Tamil Tiger separatists. Now he's being increasingly scorned as people all over the island struggle for the next bowl of rice or cylinder of cooking gas. Lawmakers in the U.S. state of Oklahoma have approved a bill that would make performing an abortion illegal except in medical emergencies. Anyone convicted under the new law could face up to 10 years in prison and a $100,000 U.S. dollar fine. Tamiya Cox-Ture is from the American Civil Liberties Union of Oklahoma. When Oklahomans want access to an abortion, they're going to find a way to get an abortion. So either that's traveling or that's a self-managed abortion. So bills and bans like these that we're seeing across the country, not just Oklahoma, essentially pit people against other people. People that can afford to go to other states to get the abortion care that they need will go. And then those that can't are forced to have a pregnancy they may or may not want. The British government is to cancel its first global LGBT conference which was due to take place in London this year. The event had been in doubt, as the BBC's Lauren Moss explains. More than 80 LGBT plus charities signed an open letter written by Stonewall calling the decision not to ban conversion therapy for transgender people unacceptable. Last week, the government said legislation would outlaw practices which try to change someone's sexual orientation, but the ban wouldn't include gender identity. The government says it is committed to bringing forward legislation but the complexity of issues requires separate work to further consider transgender conversion therapy. Two human rights groups have accused armed forces from Ethiopia's Amara region of waging a campaign of ethnic cleansing against Tigrayan people. In a joint report, Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch accused Amara officials and regional special forces and militias fighting in western Tigray of committing war crimes and crimes against humanity. They also accused Ethiopia's military of complicity in those acts. Fisehi Tekeli from Amnesty International gave details at a news conference. We have documented extrajudicial executions, arbitrary and other unlawful killings, forced expulsions, torture and other forms of ill-treatment, rape and sexual violence, destruction and looting of property, and mass arbitrary arrests. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,160. That's 342 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $70.7 billion. 
in currencies, a short time ago, you could buy 123.83 yen with one U.S. dollar. The euro was, was at one U.S. dollar and eight cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 23 cents. To sport, we start with football and a good day for English clubs in the European Champions League. Foden, ball through. De Bruyne, brilliant by Foden. Finished off by De Bruyne. Breakthrough goal. Manchester City's patience pays off. Kevin De Bruyne had the only goal of the game as Manchester City beat Atletico Madrid in their Champions League quarterfinal first leg. Liverpool also won their opening game 3-1 away to Benfica. More details from the BBC's John Bennett. Kevin De Bruyne marked his 50th Champions League appearance for Man City with the crucial winner. Atletico Madrid had defended brilliantly. They put every player behind the ball, but it was the sub Phil Foden who found a way through. He threaded the ball to Kevin De Bruyne, who gave City the advantage in the tie. Meanwhile, a late Luis Diaz goal means Liverpool have one foot in the semis. Darwin Nunes had pulled one back for Benfica after Liverpool raced into an early 2-0 lead. But at 3-1, it's difficult to see Liverpool having any problems at Anfield next week. As just reported, City beat Atletico 1-0 at the Etihad. Here's a reaction from City boss Pep Guardiola. Good result, unfortunately, at the end we had... One or two more chances with Kevin to score more goals, but uh, even 1-0-2-0 go to Madrid always is tough, difficult. And, but uh, yeah, good result. We won the game. The other two quarterfinals get underway tonight. Chelsea hosts the first leg against Real Madrid at Stamford Bridge. German champions Bayern Munich visit Spanish side Villarreal. Golf's 15-time major winner Tiger Woods is paired with South Africa's former Open champion Louis Oistazen and Chile's Joaquim Neiman for the first two rounds of the Masters. The group tees off Thursday morning at Augusta around 10.30 tomorrow night, Hong Kong time. Woods is playing for the sixth Masters title, only 14 months after suffering life-threatening injuries in a car crash. It's been one of those things where I've, I've had to endure pain before, and um, this is different. Obviously, this is a lot more traumatic, what has transpired to my leg. Uh, We've had to put a lot of work, but as I said, I'm very thankful to my surgeons and my, my PTs and physios that have have worked on me and have given me this opportunity to uh, to play golf. And now taking a look at the weather, it will be fine, hot and dry during the day with a maximum temperature of around 28 degrees, moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook mainly fine and dry in the next few days, hot during the day. Right now the temperature is 26 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 54%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has called on the public to take part in a three-day voluntary rapid COVID testing drive starting on Friday. Mrs. Lamb also said none of her officials have resigned yet amid widespread reports that Chief Secretary John Lee could leave office soon to prepare for his CE bid. And Shanghai authorities have launched another round of citywide COVID testing as new infections there hit a new record high. And that's the news from RTHK. Stop.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. Well, if you did manage to have a day off yesterday, I hope it was great. And it's Wednesday today, which means that after 1.30, I open up JJ's Music Box. This week, I turn the tables on Jayang Jerveri as we start the month off with a special program devoted to Jayang himself. Every week we've been inspired by Jayang's favorite female vocalist, but today I talk to Jayang about his life and his interest in music, and I can't wait to hear more. After 2 p.m., Cruz McCallaghan is here for her weekly audio column, and today her subject is houseplants. Now, I'm not gonna, not gonna say any, I'm not gonna have any puns, I'm not gonna say anything else, but you know, we'll get to the root of the subject, yes, we will. Mali, 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 don't 